Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Hey, what's up, y'all? T-Bob here reminding you that you can come hang out with me and Aaron Murray live on AMP Monday through Thursday. AMP is a new live radio app. You just download it from the Apple Store. You can actually call in, text in, chat with us directly during the show. It's a ton of fun. We're at Snaps, right? Snaps, your favorite college football podcast at Snaps Monday through Thursday, 1 Eastern, noon Central, on AMP. Download it and come hang out with us today. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome in to another vacation edition of Snaps. Um, we apologize for not uploading an episode yesterday. I remain on the West Coast. Uh, Aaron remains in uh, the Georgia Islands. Like we, we actually are about as far apart as you could possibly be. Uh, after spending the time together in Nashville, we have now decided to physically distance ourselves from one another as far apart as we could be. And it's just like, you know, family stuff. We, we, we couldn't end up finding time yesterday. But we are back today, and I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. I'll get in to why I'm nervous in a second. But, um, you know, thanks, as always. Hit the like button, subscribe, youtube.com slash at volume snaps. And rate and view the pod, whatever you tell you about that later. Aaron, what's up, man? How's the vacay going? How are we feeling? So, like, to me, it's still the afternoon. It's nighttime to you. You're getting yeah. ready to head back tomorrow. Yeah, getting ready to head back tomorrow. I think the show's actually shooting on Friday, so we're going to be back in home base, which will be great. Um, but it's been a good vacation, man. It's been a really good vacation, and 
Now it's football time. Camp started this week for teams across America. We had Thursday night football. I think this show is going to be tomorrow. Thursday night football last night. So a lot of good stuff going on when it comes to the football world. Yeah, so at the time of this recording, we are about 10 minutes away from preseason football cranking up. And, um, well, obviously college practices start today. Uh, I don't know about you. I saw one clip on social media of Jaden Daniels throwing uh, on air to a receiver that wasn't running. And, my God, it looked smooth. Mm. It looked accurate. He was spinning the ball, Aaron. If you have not gotten your bets in on Daniels, second best Heisman odds in the country, do so now. Uh, and Aaron, the reason why I haven't put your Carson Beck bet in is because I'm trying to save you money because uh, he just doesn't have a chance. Um, hey, what do, do, do you have any camp? How did you used to feel first day of camp? Do, do you have any memories? Like how do you used to handle it mentally? It can be a very <laughs> intimidating thing. Yeah, uh, I would say the only first day of intimidation was was my freshman year. Like that that was intimidating. You know, going out there and trying to have any sort of success when when your head's still spinning. I would say like second, third, fourth year. Really, the the start of camp is kind of the same stuff you've been doing for the past two months. Sorry to like you know get everyone excited for no reason here, but the first week is 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 somewhat chill until you really put the pads on, which happened day four, day five. So for some teams. You know, maybe the end of this week they are, but the beginning of camp was like for me, it's seven on seven. I'm not getting hit. I'm a quarterback. Yes, oh I'm a prima donna. Say, say every shit you want to say, T Bob. Like, I'm not banging. Like, for you guys, offensive line, I mean, defense line, like, yeah, you're, you're going ahead, you're, you're hitting each other. Like, yeah. there's that physical aspect to it. Like, for me, I'm just throwing passes. That's it. I'm just throwing the football. <laughs> like, they're, 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 that's all that's going on. Like, it's not a big deal. I'm just going to be honest. I guess true. And I was never, I was never in like a quarterback competition from my freshman year on. So I was never stressed out. It was, uh, I had a good life. I'm going to be honest. I had a really good life. No, no, no stress here. Yeah, I guess it's kind of crazy to think about because even when you don't have pads on O-line, D-line, you're still hitting each other. It actually sucks because yeah. you're just hitting each other without pads. It's really, really dumb. Uh, I would say this. To me, the thing that was intimidating wasn't always the physical it, – it, it, it was just knowing that like for the next month, you are going to be doing football stuff uh, essentially 6 a.m. to like 10 p.m. And it is going to be constant and it's going to be a grind. And during those few weeks, like that is where you're ultimately going to decide your fate. Like it's interesting you say you, you never really had a quarterback battle. I never entered a camp in which I was a starter. I never entered a camp number one in the depth chart. And yet I ended up starting three years. So for me, this experience was always one where like I had to go out there and I just had to grind at practice, had to keep my nose down and eventually find a way. I, I would say this, if you're a football player, young player, maybe college, high school, whatever, listening to this, um, you just gotta compartmentalize, okay? Do not think about the, the the month as a whole or the camp as a whole, it will overwhelm you. Put the yeah. blinders on, zero in on that day, yeah. that task, whatever immediately in front of your face, and then you look up and a couple of weeks have gone by and the season's about to begin and you're ready to go. But uh, I thought it was yeah. to me, to me, to me, it was, it was, I always had the mindset. I think the coaches try to trick us into this too of there's no school. Like you guys want to be professionals. Yeah. This is true. the closest thing you ever get to being a professional. You, 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 you wake up and it's football. You get a little bit of lunch break and then it's football. Then you go to dinner and then it's more football. I mean, it is, it is truly 
the NFL when it comes to what you do in the NFL training camp. And, and I think that's what, to me as a player, got me excited knowing that, you know, I didn't have to deal with going to three classes. I didn't have to deal with going from one side of the campus to the other side of the campus. It was literally just wake up and I'm going to go play football. And I know for some guys it's, it's grueling, it's tiring, it's exhausting. But, man, if you had your shit together and you did the right things for the previous two months leading up to it, it's just football. Like, let's not make a big deal of it. It's just this football. You've been doing a- it your entire life oh and you're making such a big deal it's so exhausting i'm so tired this is such guys, oh my god guys, i have guys. to hit no no, no, uh, no. no. shut the fuck up it's, i need football i need everybody little baby no. you're I so need soft every, i you're need so everybody soft. listening to understand no. this is a privileged quarterback <laughs> take here it's exactly what he just said they don't get hit it's a glorified seven on seven like mentally yes it's tough but no okay moving on because i i cannot even handle like i bet hey, you hey, one last one last story one last story, one last story to, one last story to, to really hit home what, what how much i loved camp so every like fifth day we would do a special teams practice only special teams and we would show up quarterback wise and and we would do essentially a warm-up then we'd go on the sideline, take our shoulder pads off, and put ice on our shoulders, and just sit there for about an hour and a half watching everyone else practice. Special um, teams practice, dude. Mm. Mark Rick, that's that's the softest shit I ever heard. We used to do two yeah. a days, mm. like men, the way that football was supposed to be played. I'm with you back in the day. Hell um, yeah. Uh, okay, so it's the beginning of camp. And what that means is it's also the beginning of media access. And I started this pod talking about how uh, I was feeling a bit nervous. And Aaron, I have a feeling what you're going to say, but um, Alabama had their first practice and Nick Saban met with the media. And there is a picture circulating of Nick Saban when he leaves that press conference. And my God. It is deeply unsettling for a couple of reasons. If you're watching mm. on YouTube, you can see it. If you're listening on podcasts right now, it is Nick Saban walking away from the podium, having just finished the conference, and he has a genuine smile on his face. Not a fake one, mm. not a mean one, not one of those ones where it doesn't touch your eyes. He is genuinely happy right here. It is the look of a man who is supremely confident about his Alabama football team. I am more worried about Alabama now after that picture than I have ever been up to this point. No, I think this is a man who understands where he is and understands that this is a uh, a good team this year that has a lot of obstacles. And, yeah, there's some doubt in, in the national in national media. But just going to say, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to roll the punches a little bit here. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to enjoy myself this season. No pressure on me. Like This is the first time in a long time that I feel like we're not talking about Alabama as the heavy favorites to win the West, as Alabama, the, the, the team that should be in the playoffs, the team that should be fighting for a championship. Like, to me, that is fun for him knowing that where he's at. Well, exactly, and, that, and, that, and that's what's so terrifying is because I don't want Nick Saban having fun. Nick Saban having fun is something that is deeply unsettling. It's like seeing your dad naked or something as an adult. It's just something that you're not supposed to see. And 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 it just goes back to everything. I, I know you don't really believe in the bulletin board material stuff. I do think the bulletin board material stuff is pretty legitimate. And you can see, like you said, that loose, relaxed Saban. Uh, he opened his press conference, though, with, with an interesting kind of um, 
State of the Union on quarterback where he said, look, I know y'all are going to ask about it, and I'm going to say the same thing. I'm just going to keep saying, look, all the players are getting reps. Somebody has to take the bull by the horns. Um, we're not going to – you know, I'm, I'm not going to tell you who that is until we know we're going to continue to let this cake bake. He stuck with the cake baking metaphor that he started at SEC Media Days. But one thing I really loved is he um, – when discussing the competition, and this is good advice, just really for probably anybody in any facet of life, but definitely an athlete if you're competing. He talked about how, uh, and it's funny because just last night, somebody showed me this Mike Tomlin speech, or Tomlin said the same thing basically. But he, he basically said, like, look, you're not competing. If you're Ty Simpson or Jalen Milrow or Tyler Buckner, you're not competing against those other guys. You are competing against yourself. You yeah. have to carry yourself as if you are the man. You have to better yourself as much as you can day in and day out. And if you stack those good days and you don't worry about what the other guy is doing, is he playing well, is he playing bad, and you just focus inward, you're going to look up. And if you stacked enough good days and played well enough, then you're going to be – the guys. So yeah. That, that, that's that's easier said than done, though. This. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad he's the one, like, kind of coaching him through this because, you know, I, I, I told you and told everyone listening about the, the, the four years where I didn't have any sort of competition. Like, I knew I was going to be QB1. Well, my redshirt year, there was a competition. Your boy, Zach Mettenberger, who I don't know if you're teammates with him or not at LSU. Yeah, I was. Yeah, um, that is my was, boy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you know, Matt. He's an yeah. Alabama so, analyst now. Yeah, now he's, now he's, now he's definitely gone to the dark side. But anyways, like there was always that, you know, pressure. We both came in together, um, two top six, seven quarterbacks in the country. Yeah, big time. And, and one of us was going to be given the job to be the starting quarterback at Georgia. So – I understand the the, 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 the the saying to the kids, hey, man, just focus on you. That's all you can take care of is you, you, you. Just worry about running the offense the way that's supposed to be running. But when you're a quarterback, who knows that it's only one guy going to get the start and you have to ball out in these practices in order to get it, you are constantly looking over your shoulder. This isn't receivers that rotate. This is an offensive line or running backs or DBs. Like, there's only one QB, and that guy's going to be the guy for the entire season. No rotation at all besides maybe a blowout or an injury. So if Matt had a good day, I was looking at the film and looking over my shoulder saying, damn, like I got to step my game up the next day. If I had a good day, I'm sure Matt was seeing the same thing. So now all of a sudden for Alabama, there's three of them. So there's always that sense of, yes, I need to run the offense. You know, yes, I need to, if, if, if it's not there, I need to throw the ball away or I need to check it down. But just let me put your, let me put, you know, put us into their shoes. Say Ty Simpson goes out there, goes in a in a eleven eleven drill with the ones. He goes five for five and throws a touchdown. You can't tell me Buckner or Milrow gets in there thinking I got to match that because if I get up there and nothing's open and I throw the ball away, the tits kind of looks at me because people will say, okay, what 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 went wrong? Was it his fault? Was someone else's fault? Like what's what? Like there's a lot of mental gymnastics when you're in a quarterback battle that yeah. these guys have to understand. Just run the offense. The coaches will make the decision at the end of the day. Don't force the ball if it's not there just because the other guy may be having success that practice. So so you're actually saying the exact thing. Look, I'm not saying that there's not the human yeah. element when you're in a competition that like yes. – like I, Again, like I said, I had to earn my way starting every year. And, and my focus was that where I would try to be insular and I'd try to just focus on me. But I'd be lying if I said when I watched film and the guy like sailed a snap that I didn't do a little like – 
fist pump under under the table, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So, oh yeah. But the problem is, again, when the other guy does have a better day than you, where you will beat yourself is if, like you said, you start to try to play. If that becomes your focus, and you're trying to play yes. catch and be trying to match, you have to focus inward and let the chips fall where they may. And um, and and I'm going to be fascinated. I really do not know on this Alabama quarterback competition. I thought that it was going to be Ty Simpson for sure. But then I had some information come to me that like, you know, maybe they really like Buckner. And then I still think you involve Milrow. So I'm intrigued to see all I know is I hate seeing this relaxed Nick Saban. Um, basically yeah. What would you rather have? Like, some, would you, would you rather have the relaxed smile of Nick Saban or the, you know, Nick Saban not looking mad, but almost that determined face coming off the podium of like, yeah, I'm here for business this year. Like, I'm here to kind of prove the no, doubt. because that, that was last I rather, year. And, and, they, and they felt like they had to do it last year because they had Will Anderson and they had Bryce Young. They are freed from all of that. It's like you said, this is the most expectation-free Bama has ever been this year. And that's a little scary to me, dude. I know it's not to you. You, you know, no. the, the, what is Once it? Once again, everyone's machine. so scared. Everyone's so scared. In red and black. Uh, the, the, bro, y'all haven't even beat them. What the fuck are you talking about? You went one and you one the year them. when you all won the natty. Like, like what? Like what? You, 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 I'm saying, that, what, what's what's we what's did beat them one time. I'm saying, what's Kirby Smart's Who record? Cares? Yeah, all I'm we saying still beat them. Very still beat high them. and mighty, very high and mighty for a team to beat them once due to a I'm couple. Not being high and mighty. I'm also just not being scared. That's it. It's plain and simple. Like I look at the roster and I look at it and say, this team does not scare me. Okay. Well, you're going to learn when that little happy Nick comes smiling down that and comes swaggering down. Um, uh, okay, but we can move on from Alabama and Nick Saban. I have a bad taste in my mouth having to talk so good about them. I just, again, deeply unsettling to see happy Nick Saban. Um, shout out to the Michigan State Spartans. Uh, they opened up camp today as well. They had a video that uh, I was kind of blown away by today. I always forget how crazy – East Lansing is about college football. Like when you think about the Big yeah. Ten, and and we forget how good Michigan State was just a few years ago with D'Antoni. Mm-hmm. Where is it, D'Antoni or D'Antoni? I always get the basketball coach and the football coach confused, but it doesn't matter. Whatever. Like they were, they were way ahead of Michigan. They were the ones competing with Ohio State. They were better than Penn State. They were fighting for playoffs seemingly year in and year out, and then it just all fell apart shockingly fast and granted Mel Tucker was able to catch light in a bottle with the transfer portal Kenneth Walker and everything but it's not been good since but it doesn't appear that it's dismayed the uh, the donors because Michigan no. State has what looks like uh, I mean I won't say the nicest locker in the country but they're right up there with like the top five. Oh, yeah they're right up there with Alabama LSU everybody else like now now the team has to be good and it just puts even more pressure on Tucker but if nothing else, the people in East Lansing deeply care and want to be good at football. Well, they, they definitely deeply care. But let's let's also remember, you know, this wasn't money that just came out this past year. This was money that has been in the pipeline for years. And this project, I'm sure, has been going on for years. So it's not like, oh, my God, they still suck. Let's just go give X amount of dollars to build this facility. Like, no, this was, hey, things are going well. Mel Tucker came in, had success early on. Let's give him a big fat raise. Also, let's go raise X amount of dollars and let's start this project. So this project is on the backs of the good times, not the bad times. So, 
Yeah, it's a passionate uh, fan base. Yes, they love Michigan State, but I would say right now it's more of, you know, show me the money kind of feeling. Like, Tucker, you got to go out there and win. This is crazy, dude. In 2013 with D'Antonio, Michigan State went 13-1, and won the Rose Bowl. Then they went 11-2, and won the Cotton Bowl. Then they went 12-2, and losing in the Cotton Bowl. Then a random 3-9. and then back to 10 and 3, and then 7 6, 7 6, 2 5, 11, 2, 5, 7. Yeah. That is a, I mean, I thought uh, being, a, you know, following teams like LSU came with their ups and downs. That is feast or famine right there. Like they're either like double digit season or, or completely mediocre. And uh, look, I'm, I don't know that I'm a Mel Tucker believer. I was. Um, I, I was when he was having all the sessions with Kenneth Walker, but I, I guess it's weird on Tucker. Like, where do you stand? Have you made your mind up on him? Like, do you think he's the guy capable of getting Michigan State back to that eleven and two yearly sort of uh, bar? No, not not the eleven and two. I, I just think there, there there's enough good teams in that conference, and there's going to be even more good teams going forward. Where I, I don't feel like it's this is the year to do it. And then you look at next year, and then I'm sure we're going to get a, you know, a tad bit on realignment here in a second. But you had two more good programs. You possibly could add Oregon and Washington, maybe FSU and another ACC team. Like It's going to get harder and harder. And a lot of these are more traditional, bigger brands that are going to get more talent, that have just as dedicated fan bases, that have the money to and the resources to compete. So I just don't think of Michigan State as that – consistent double win team. I look at them as a um, maybe a step above like say Kentucky in the SEC. You know that 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 maybe can Bro, get no, you no, a no, nine no, win no, season no, every now no, and then. No, no, stop. I don't stop. I don't no, 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 I don't there, see I them being I, I don't see them being a consistent team that is competing for uh, a Big 10 championship and I don't see them as a consistent team competing for a playoff berth. How about this? How about this? In 2010, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. In eight years, from 10 to 17, they won 11 games six times in eight years. So they, so we, we already have it proven in the modern era that they can. Yeah, but that's they can. But that's, when Michigan, that that's when Michigan. That's when Michigan. That's when Michigan. It's a weak Michigan. It was a weak Michigan. Very weak Michigan. I think I think Michigan has completely stolen the, sun, the, the, the thunder from that state. God, it is, it is, is Michigan and Harbaugh going forward. Yeah. How bad is that hurt for Sparty? You basically kicked their ass for a decade, and then overnight they just like rocketed past you, and now they're competing for national championships. I think going for it. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not looking at. I say, I'm not looking at it in the rewind. Like yes, they have a a better history than say Kentucky football. But where they are right now, to me, is in a similar spot to where Kentucky football is, a team that's good enough to get to eight or nine wins. But that that's the ceiling for them in this conference going forward and with Michigan being where they're at right now. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. I apologize. I, I see I see more of what you're saying on the Kentucky thing. I just, again, I, I, I thought I was thinking more in the past. Like, Kentucky's no. never proven that they can win no, not 10 like games that. consistently ever in their history. Um so I look, you know what? All it tells me when I look at that locker room again is that Michigan State has the resources and has the buy-in. It's just is Mel Tucker the guy? And I'm going to give Mel Tucker a pass on 2020. Yep. Two and five, I'm not counting. He got there late because Antonio left at that weird time. Like I'm not counting that against him at all. 
but we have an 11 and two season and a seven and five season. And so, or excuse me, five and seven. So it's like, okay, Mel Tucker, which one, where on that scale are you going to fall closer to a big, big, big year for Sparty? And then if they aren't good this year, I feel awful for those fans because you're locked in. You're in like a Jimbo Fisher spot and you ain't getting yep. out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron, I, look, I, 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 you know, it's funny. Conference realignment is in the air. At the same time, it seems like everybody's completely sick of talking about conference realignment. You've got what's well, worse to talk about NIL or conference realignment? Like, what are fans it, more? It, it, it's it's more reached, sick of? It's reached NIL. Um, it's reached NIL status. Like, I was laughing. See, I enjoy it. I think it's. I think it's quite entertaining, honestly. Like, I like trying to figure out where, you know, and if an FSU can get out of their grant of rights. Um, is Oregon and Washington who are now having meetings uh, with, with their board. Uh, the Big Ten has been given essentially the green light to go out there and, and vet these two schools and possibly bring them in. Like We may see next week the, the, the final nail in the coffin of the Pac-12. I think it's going to happen. We've been talking about it. Colorado was that first piece. I think the problem is the, the issue is starting to feel inevitable, and that's, I think that is why it is boring. I, yeah, I think it, it is inevitable. It's happening. It's ha- like the nail. The nail is about to be shut on the Pac-12. As yeah. soon as Oregon and Washington leave, you 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 can't survive on a streaming contract that when your Pac-12 channel sucked and you're going to bet on people paying for that. Like, no, that ain't going to happen. Like, you're never going to reach the number to have success. So, like, wait, what do you uh, think? I think they all kind of go ahead, Aaron. Sorry. I just it's it, 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 it's it's dead. Oregon and Washington right now are sitting back laughing, saying, "You know, we'll take a um, you know a little bit of a, a a price reduction in the Big Ten, better than relying on a streaming service to to you know keep our program alive." Brum, you know the behind the scenes stuff, so I want to bring you in here. What do you think? Like when Kliakov and Apple are sitting there and they're hammering out this deal over what is essentially a dead body, right? Like a deal for something yes. that won't exist. Like, Brum, what do you think the Apple executives are thinking when Kleokov's like pushing for millions of dollars and all this other stuff? Like, are they thinking it's a waste of time? I think that anything Apple does, they're just, it's, I mean, like millions of dollars, $20 million to nine schools a year to Apple is nothing. You forget that like Apple is a, it's a three is a $3 trillion company. It's literally a rounding error. So like I did, I did read something like that. Even like Disney's like five percent of the market cap, or maybe even less than Apple was. I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm still, I'm still shocked because the 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 whole Disney thing that went on two weeks ago or three weeks ago with the firing, and you know Disney looking to maybe offload a portion of ESPN to some sort of streaming service, and, and, and Apple has been floated, Amazon's been floated. If there wasn't Amazon. a bigger way to make yeah to to make this deal for the Pac-12 a little bit more sexier, where ESPN jumps in for for part of it and Apple jumps in for part of it, so ESPN can have a little bit more of a test run with the with a, essentially a streaming service under the umbrella of Disney. So I don't know. All that being said, it's still I'm not going to bet money on that if I'm Oregon and Washington, knowing that the rest of the country is sitting back, knowing that they're going to get minimum $70 million a year in the SEC and the Big Ten. It's just – it's not feasible for them. So um, that's going to be the final one. 
And, I mean, it's looking like it could be any day now. Yeah, Oregon, Washington, Big Ten, four corners to the Big 12. We'll see. Um, Eventually, again, I do want to, you know, when this is all said and done, I really want to go through the Shakespearean arc of the Big 12, left for dead, not cool enough, forced to find their own way, not a part of the alliance, and now coming back and cannibalizing and eating alive the Pac-12 and ruining those who once sought to ruin them. It is really just, ooh, it's beautiful. Uh, boys, you know what else is beautiful? I'm looking at a TV right now with Kellen Mond playing quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. If that doesn't mm. say football season, dude, I don't know what does. Let's go, dude. Um, Kellen Mond, pretty good. Doesn't get enough credit. He's a good quarterback, Aaron. He would have broken your records if he'd played a little longer. Hey, I, I will say this. Someone sent me a video today because I think there's a, a decent amount of people out there that uh, find it entertaining when I give Jimbo and a quarterbacks crap for their, you know, sorry for those listening on podcasts, but they put the ball up, you know, essentially above their, their ear. Yeah. I mean, it's way up here. It's old school as old school can get. Uh, and it's just it's just piss poor mechanics. It's it's horrendous. And Kilimon was up there too. Um, He's up there. Big and finally, I saw someone sent me a video today of Wegman throwing the football. And guess what? The ball's right by his right, right peck, just nice and easy. So, like, what gives me confidence in AM heading into the season is at least the quarterbacks have better fundamentals to be able to get the balls to those elite receivers there for the Aggies. So, gets me even a little bit more juice that this could be a, a, a pretty good year for them. Okay. So. For me, I'm drawing huge conclusions from a Nick Saban smile. You're drawing huge conclusions from Connor Wegman holding the ball at titty level. Uh, yes. Okay. There's, this Love is the type of insight. Tip of the ball, the tip at the nip. That's what we like to say as a quarterback. Tip of the nip. Tip at the nip. Tip at the nip. Did you like it when you do like a shotgun snap? I always tried to snap it to the right shoulder so they could like yeah. hit like straight back into a drop bag. Did you like that or no? Yeah, I fucking like. It. There's nothing more annoying than sure when a center whose only job, only job is to snap you the football, like is to the left or it's low or it dribbles back. Like, do they not understand that we're trying to read the defense? We're trying to see safety rotation. We're trying to see linebackers move, and they're making us bend down and duck our head. I mean, how inconsiderate of centers not to be able just to snap a ball five yeah. yards and hit me in the bright pack. I mean, I don't get it. I'm throwing the ball fifty yards on the field. Put it on yeah. the money. You can't snap it five freaking yards right here on my right pack. Yeah, yeah, you're right because you're like throwing yeah. backwards without looking through your legs while you're stepping and shooting your offhand at the same time while you're watching defensive lines shift around at the last second trying to keep track of the mic playing games, make the call to the other lineman. Like, yeah, you're right. All they got to do is snap the ball. Should be easy. Just snap it. Look, how about Just you snap it. it? One person during practice. Hit one Stop person, it. Aaron Murray. One person. All y'all do. It might as well. You might as well be all those high school highlights I see from the seven on seven camps in the summer. Hey, like like hey, you said, it's just I, a I continuation get, of seven on seven. I did get hit one time in practice. This was my sophomore year. Uh, we we're doing some two minute drill, and and you know, Coach Rick was not blowing the whistle fast enough for the defense. So like. Completion, completion. Cornelius Washington was like, you know, I, I sacked Aaron. Like, I can't hit him, but I sacked him. So finally, Cornelius got sick of it and just decked my ass. I mean, yeah. just took me yeah. out. Right? Blindsided <laughs> me. Boom. And uh, and my boy Ben Jones chased him around the entire field. 
uh, trying to catch him. So, you know, much, much love Cornelius to my Cornelius didn't fight him? Cornelius kept running? No, no, no. No one wants to fight Ben. Ben Ben's nasty. Yeah, he's Ben's got bear claws. Uh, and Ben will fight someone until he dies. Like, there would be no quit in Ben. Yeah, so, like, you may you. get one good punch, but he will go until he dies. He stole you that dreadlock, right? That one time. Yeah, he beat someone dreadlock, yeah. And then he used it as a, <clears throat> as a light pole on his lamp in his apartment. Yeah. Yeah, that's the yeah. most troglodyte. He, he, he ripped the dread man. off. He hooked it to the, the ceiling fan so he had to grab the dreadlock. Well, he tried to hand me the dreadlock in the middle of the game. Well, that's the best part. And then he stuffed it, then he stuffed, he stuffed it down his pants. I'm in the huddle. He's like, Aaron, you want this? I got this for you. He's like, Aaron, 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 look what I got for you, Aaron. And I'm like, Ben, there's 15 seconds. I got to call the play. He's like, all right, all right. And just stuffs it down his pants, and everyone in the huddle is just like, "What? <laughs> this is some crazy ass white dude." Like, <laughs> that is that is just such like a caveman. Like, oh, you're, oh, my God, be happy. I brought you an offering. Uh, um, and that's a <laughs> Cleveland Browns missed field goal to start the first drive of the preseason. Oh, I'm baby. such an idiot. Every preseason, every preseason, I'm like. Ooh, they're gonna play the starting quarterback. Like, ooh, you're gonna see Deshaun Watson versus Aaron Rodgers. No, no, no. You're getting Kellen Mon versus I guess um what's his name? Hey, everyone Kellen wants Mon? to see what's his name, no? Zach Zach um the the, 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 the true MILF hunter? Zach Wilson, yeah. Do we already forget his name? Is that how much Aaron Rodgers just erased him from our <laughs> consciousness? Yes. All right. Well, uh, we gotta go. Football season's here. It feels good. I'll tell you what else feels good. Um, getting back to regular schedule, which we will be. Brum, can I say that we'll be live streaming next week? Let's go, dude. Let's go. Snaps back live 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, Monday through Thursday. YouTube.com slash at volume snaps. This is where the real push begins i'm gonna have cornhole yes. kernels on deck we're gonna have preseason predictions we're gonna be breaking it all down all the latest from all the camps hopefully look and i mean this sincerely i hope everybody's favorite team avoids major injuries during camp there is nothing lamer than getting hurt during camp so let's just pray yep. to the football gods that everybody will stay safe out there and uh you stay safe getting home tomorrow aaron i'm leaving here in a couple of days excited to get home and a huge thank you to Ryan Brumley, Chris Tran, um, Pat, Paul Farrington, Pat Gunther, Adam Gracia, Danny Cardenas, the volume, Papa Colin, for the biggest of all. Thank you, of course, to everybody who listens and shares the show uh, with your friends. We love you, and we will see you for a brand, uh, you know, a, 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 a football season edition of Snaps on Monday. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.